So you want to build a house. Welcome to the podcast by Statera Homes. I'm Scott Daly, and I'm here with my co-host, Jackie Kowaleski. Say hello, Jackie. Hello, Jackie. That was so literal. I appreciate that. You're welcome. That was very, very nice. So <laughs> we're so excited to be with you this episode. Jackie, what are we talking about? This episode, we're talking about building on your own lot. And we're doing that because we put some feelers out on social media. And we said there are two ways to build a house, a lot home package and on your lot option. And people said, what does that mean? And so that is why we're talking about it today. Right. And what we're really trying to do with this podcast and maybe the episode before it, and just in general, too, is just helping people understand. A lot of people would love to build a new house and they're scared of the process. Right. So we're, yeah. we're debunking. The I unknown or the I think I know, I guess. Right. Or just, uh, gosh, I'm going to buy a used house because I'm terrified of that process. Right. So look, we had one person comment. Would love to have someone walk me through the overwhelming amount of decisions from drawing uh, up the floor plans to picking out hardware, et cetera. And then they go on. But it's just about the process. Right. Because people love where it ends. They love a shiny new house that is designed around their life. And what they're terrified of is the here and there. And so we are here to debunk. We are here to here and there. How did debunk become a word? I don't know. I wasn't prepared for that question. I mean, did people like walk into a bedroom and say, oh, there's bunk beds. Well, we're going to knock someone off a bunk bed. We're going to debunk this room. So that just happened in someone's childhood, and then they used it in their adulthood, and then it became a word. And then it became a word. I don't know if that's how it happened exactly. What is... Anyway, so... Back on track. However that term came to be, this is what's going down today, debunking. So we're going to dispel and help you. We think that education can help overcome uh, a decent amount of fear. And people who don't feel like they want to make a lot of decisions... Don't feel like they have the confidence. Um, We're going to give you the tools that you need so that you can confidently make that decision and enjoy a new house. Mm -hmm. Because if fear is the only thing between you and a new house, then don't buy a used house. Learn to confront your fears. Yeah. Wow. That was deeper than we intended on going today. Wow. Kind of like when I went uh, skydiving when I was uh, for my 40th birthday. That never happened. Oh, it did happen. And we totally. Uh, wow. I'm sorry. I got Jackie that mixed up with your tattoo. Based I got <laughs> on what I know of Scott Daly. The sorry. idea of him jumping out of an airplane is preposterous. I don't disagree with that, but I do know it happened and I apologize. Right. That My I, life on the edge. Yeah. Right. Still waiting. You're doing the tattoo. I'm getting a tattoo for my 40th birthday, which was some years ago. When I find the thing that I want scrawled upon my body for the rest of my life, I will commence with the scrawling. Good luck with that. But until then. Yeah, until then, let's talk about uh, jotting on your life. Let's get over some other fears. Oh, okay. Like house fears, new house fears. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we're talking about building on your lot. And what you're thinking is. Okay, so just so we know, we're using a little industry terminology because you might be thinking, well, that's great, but I don't own a lot. So let's assume you go out and you find a piece of property that you think it would be suitable to build the house. So this is where we have, in previous podcasts, we've talked about the idea that you're buying a new home and a piece of 
land, a piece of property together. You're buying them at once and you're... Right, you're a lot home package. A lot home package. Here is where you're saying, I'm going to go out and find a piece of property on my own and then I'm going to hire a builder to mm-hmm. construct a house upon it. So it's right. it's kind of a two-step process, although a lot of times with people, what they kind of do is do everything at once. They find the lot mm-hmm. and they find uh, the, the builder at the same time because a lot... Uh, in our case, uh, we like to get involved in the process very early yep. because you're going to want input from the builder on the piece of property, regardless of Why? where it is and what eventual builder you land with. Uh, because you want to be able to look at that and, and make sure you're not signing up for for costs that you just can't see because you don't understand the process. Again, it's, I think we've said this on this podcast, is find someone that you can trust and, and work with them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and get their input and say, hey, I think this would be a nice place to build a house. What do you think? And the builder right. might say, yeah, that's great. And they might say, yeah, that's great. And it has a $20,000 septic system that's going to go with it, which is not necessarily mm. a deal breaker as long as you know it up front. Like, yeah, you want to know. Right. So Gotcha. So let's get back into it. I uh, apologize for that's all fine. of the rabbit trails. This well, just before we start, not all builders build on separate lots. Right. Some right. only do their own communities. Right. So there's there's the track builders, like the large uh, publicly traded builders. A lot of them will not build uh, outside of their own communities. Uh, some of the smaller builders will. And then there are, of course, custom builders where that's all they do. And th- But there are some hybrid companies like Statera where we will build in our communities where we sell a lot of home packages, but we'll also build uh, anywhere that we are able, yeah. which is somebody else's property. So we do a little of both. All right. Okay. So we want to start out with... The build on your lot and the lot home package, aside from finding the lot and talking to your builder, the process overlaps in the beginning a little bit. Right. And so a lot of that is just budgeting, working out the, the finances of it. So mm-hmm. you, you have the cost of the lot, which you know, and the cost to build the house, and then all the other costs. And so what it what it really does is it, it, it means you're going to have to pull numbers from a couple of different places. Like you're going to have to negotiate a price on, on the property that you want to buy. And you're going to have to understand the cost of building the house so that you can build a proper budget. And usually the builder can help you with all of the soft costs. If you need to get construction financing, if you have to understand impact fees, building taxes, things like that. Um, a, a good builder, a builder that you want to work with is going to be able to help you navigate all of those things because mm-hmm. You might not live in the area where you're building. So if you're looking at Sussex County and you're not from Sussex County, you're not familiar with the little towns that are here and and the county as a municipality. And so you want to have somebody who's got some knowledge that they can lend to you so that you can build a budget. So that again, the the ultimate thing here that you want to do first is uh, know your budget and figure out what you can get uh, for... Uh, your budget. And so mm-hmm. in this case, I know, you know, we've talked about, you know, settlement costs and all that other thing as being a big factor in the lot home package. Here, um, there are other factors. There can be impact fees, there can be a building tax, it c- and it can be some of the cost of financing uh, that, that are more upfront. And again, somebody can navigate through you. So transaction costs and those soft costs that are always associated with any kind of new construction or something, that you need to get a handle on. And when you're looking at pricing, again, on a builder's website, there's a pretty good chance that none of that stuff is included. Um, Right. So so you got to go figure that out and take that out of your max budget. Right. Absolutely. So that's going to be 
another big thing. So okay. the other thing would be is sort of some of those I would say intangible costs that you that are that are site specific. Meaning, let's say I oh I want a wooded lot. A lot of people just have this dream. They want you know woods. There's nothing wrong with a wooded lot. The problem is unless you know the house is really small, you're not going to fit it between the trees, and so now you have to clear the lot. Um, and then that leads to a couple of other questions. If you're going to have to clear the lot and you have a septic system, you have to have somebody that knows what they're doing to pull the trees out and not uh, damage the area where the septic system is going to go. That how many trees am I going to clear? Who's going to uh, do the clearing? There's a, really a couple of different things that, again, you need to think through that really just begs the idea of, hey, get somebody who understands this process to guide you even at this early phase. And, and deal with some of those questions up front. You know, if you have a small lot, like people don't realize this, like by the time you clear it, let's say your lot's a quarter acre and it's wooded, and you're probably going to pay more because it's wooding. Well, you're, you're going to end up double paying more because A, you're going to pay more, and then you're going to pay to clear it. So you're buying all these trees, and then you're going to pay someone to take them all away. So, if, sorry. So, and if you have a quarter acre lot, you're going to lose 90% of the trees on that lot. Okay. And people just don't realize that. So, Can you say, what are the costs associated with building on this lot for this house that you have and then get a price quote? Is that a thing? You can get a ballpark. So something that's going to get you relatively close. A builder should be able to say, well, generally speaking, based upon the size of the lot that you're looking at, it's going to cost you X dollars to clear. And generally, you know, so you get at least, you should be able to get a general idea on the clearing. Okay. Um, and some of the other costs uh, that might be associated, like you might, in order to make a lot work because of the topography of the lot, you have to bring in uh, fill dirt so that the yard will grade properly. Sometimes on a lot, if you're going to put a basement in and it's not a big lot, you might have to remove fill dirt. Okay. Uh, and those things that take a vacant lot and turn it into a house, a home, and a yard, that's where you really want... Uh, a builder who's going to take the time to guide you through that process right. uh, so that you know those costs all up front. Okay. And now if you're going into a separate community that that builder mm. is not in charge of, will that builder do the HOA research for you? Like if there's any requirements, you know, for a home to be built in there? Or do you have to do that? It depends. So um, most communities will require homeowners association, the HOA, the HOA to approve the plans. And a lot of times a builder can sort of look in general at those specs. So it's to tear if somebody says, hey, I'm building in this neighborhood. Do you know the restrictions? We'll either know them or we will research them. But then the process of actually getting the new build approved by the HOA, we we typically just supply that and we let the homeowner actually get the approval. Okay. Uh, but we will, again, walk through them if there have to be modifications to the house to make it. Uh, comply with the HOA, then we can walk through s- the process okay. with somebody. So okay. it's again, it's it's a partnership that really starts very early on. Sure. So, okay, and then we have permitting local municipality. How does that relate? Right. So a lot of the permitting, uh, the builder will will take some of the lead on that. Okay. Um, those are fees that may or may not be included in your price, but. A lot of them require plan submittals and things like that where, you know, the building plans and whatnot are going to be the responsibility of the builders. And again, at Statera, we're going to do uh, your plan submission to whatever 
with municipality that you have um, on your behalf. Okay. Uh, it's assuming they'll let us. They, you know, every little town in Sussex County has its own paperwork, and sometimes the bill, the owner of the property has to be a little more involved, and sometimes they don't. So it's kind of a case by case basis. But we're gonna. Uh, it's part of the process that we're gonna come alongside you and help you walk through it if you're if you're building with us. Okay. So so far we have you have your max budget. You find the soft costs. Um, maybe simultaneously you ask questions on lot and plan preparations, permitting, HOA res- restrictions. So it's a bit of a relationship from the start. Right. And so then you get to a point where you need financing. Right. Well, I- at some point, you're going to have to ultimately uh, sign some legal paperwork, meaning okay. if you want to buy the lot, you're going to have to g- have a contract to purchase the lot. If you're going to buy a house and you're going to select a builder, you're going to have to have a contrast- contract Excuse me, to do that as well. That usually comes before you talk about financing only because the first thing the banks want to look for are contracts. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you have a lot under contract and you've worked with, say, a local realtor to get that done. And then you have decided you've selected a builder. You've selected Statera, of course. Duh. And you have a price. And so let's say the lot is $100,000 and the house... The package is $400,000. So the whole thing is $500,000. So now you're going to go to a bank and they're going to say, what do you want? And you're going to say, well, we want financing. We're going to build a house. The lot is 100. Mm -hmm. The house is 400. And then off you go. So you give them those contracts. And assuming you're not paying cash for everything, which which people do, but assuming you're not, you're going to go out and get a construction loan. And that construction loan is going to do, in most cases, it's going to fund... Uh, some money to pay for the lot, but not all, and then some money to pay for the construction, but not all. And then the terms of how much you can borrow against that, really, it depends on every individual situation, but you can generally figure you can borrow 80%, you're going to have to put uh, 20% down. So that doesn't mean you uh, have to put that down right up front, Mm-hmm. It, th- there's a lot of different ways that can be structured. So if you have a $500,000 project, you're looking at 100000 in cash, which is what you'd be looking at if you had a conventional mortgage on, on a used house that costs $500,000. So the actual dollars out of pocket isn't that much different when you're building new versus used, but the structure is a little different. So what you do on a construction loan is you're actually going to get approved for two loans more than likely. You're going to get approved for the construction loan. And what happens in a construction loan is... They fund construction over time. So let's say, just again for fun, you borrowed $400,000 to build your house. They're going to hand you money that you then are authorized to go to your builder at certain phases of construction. So there's certain money that is given to the builder so they can permit the house, a deposit. Like a draw schedule. It's called a draw schedule. Mm -hmm. And by the time the house is done you will have given them the full contract amount. But mm-hmm. it's not until basically you they get their final payment, you get the keys. And they get paid by a, typically by a percentage through that process as it just goes through the line. Uh, every bank has a slightly different draw schedule. They all require certain things to be done. There's different milestones. You know, the roof is on, the windows are installed, the cabinets are installed, whatever. They all have their different things. And what that does is that protects you. That means that you're not just writing blank checks to a builder. 
mm-hmm. you're, because the bank is going to inspect this and make sure that the work that is done before oh, they fund okay. it. Uh, for every draw the builder requests, the bank will send an inspector out because they want to protect themselves. Sure. And so in the process, they protect the, the borrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that way, you're only paying for what's been done. And that process is pretty smooth. When that's all done and your house is finished and the construction loan is, is fully funded, then you're going to have to turn around and convert that into a permanent mortgage. Um, and so there's a process. So you'll get approved for a construction loan and then you'll get approved for a permanent mortgage. And that permanent mortgage is then just a mortgage like any other. You make your payments every month. It's a 30 year loan or a 15 year loan or whatever your thing is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that, so again, people are a little afraid of that process, but a lot of times you can actually talk to the same mortgage professional and they can work both of those, uh, programs for you for the construction loan and then for the permanent financing that comes at the end and mm-hmm. it's really not that big of a deal it doesn't cost anymore mm-hmm. um, the construction loans are typically interest only while your house is under construction and so you're paying interest on a much much smaller loan balance up until the very end mm-hmm. because you only pay interest on what has been funded not on the full loan amount so gotcha. does that help yeah but Phew. it's not a scary process. That's not as it's not as scary as I, um, as I would have guessed. Because you have people, as long as you have a consultant that you are familiar with or you trust, right? It doesn't seem as intimidating. Right. Trust your builder. And so, yeah. just briefly, if you if you're paying cash for everything, you would agree to a draw schedule, in the same way with the builder, where they get a certain amount of work done, you go and look at it. And, and then you fund them mm-hmm. that amount. In that case, the builder is probably going to, uh, A, look for you to prove somehow that you have the funds necessary. Um, and they're going to want you to pay relatively quickly on the draw schedule because, um, you know, th- they have a little bit of risk there as well. But it, so it's, it's a lot of the same process once the house is under construction if you're paying cash. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. That's the difference. So, well, while we are talking about build your on your lot, we said we did have some overlap with lot home packages, and we have to talk about options. So we have to backtrack a little bit. Right. We, so far, have found a lot, bought the lot, talked to the home builder, trust the home builder, and before you sign your contract, you ultimately have to pick out your house. Yes. So you have options. Right, and so... You know, people understand, or they should understand, that the the price of the home that you're buying generally ends up changing uh, through the process because uh, you have to make some decisions as you walk through the process, and some of those decisions are going to save you money. You're going to wake up and realize there's things that you thought you wanted that you don't actually want, and right. there's some things that you thought you didn't want and now that you do. And so I think we said the general guideline is uh, your sales price when you sign the contract probably needs to be a little bit lower, uh, maybe 5% lower than what you anticipate spending, just so you have those rooms to make those last minute right. changes. And we'll also backtrack a little further to make sure that you've already cleared that with your builder that they're going to allow you to make the last minute changes. It is completely, right. in my opinion, completely unrealistic for you as a home buyer to look at a set of plans and they're going to say on the plans, this is where all the stuff is. These are where the light fixtures are. This is where the, and you're supposed to look at this piece of paper 
and say, yeah, that's how I want it. And if you don't have the right to somehow make some adjustments while the house is under construction, mm -hmm. I think that is preposterous because who's able to make those decisions off of plans, right? So I run a home building company. I stare at plans all the time and maybe I'm qualified to make that decision because I've been doing this for 14 years. Right. Um, most people it's, Oh, this is the first house we built. This is the second house we built. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's nuts for somebody to think, yeah, I can make all of my decisions on paper. Oh yeah. That would be like me making decisions on paper. Right. And so it's uh, terrifying. And so I, I know we covered this in our last episode is know the builder's policy up front. Right. And, um, and so you want to you want to be involved in that. Your house needs to be designed around your life. And if the builder's not giving you that kind of flexibility, uh, then ultimately it doesn't. You know, are they really on board with delivering your home, or are they just selling units? Right. Is that really what you want? Like, right. we just got to evaluate that a little right. bit. Okay. So, so, so you back up to the options. Yeah. Is you're going to pick your options. You set a budget. You, you're you're working through what things are going to cost before mm -hmm. you sign the contract. And so some of the you just do want to do a little bit of pre-planning. And if you're really building on a budget and you realize, hey, some of these things are going to have to come later, that's another conversation to have with the builder. Is saying, hey, we there. this is everything we want in the house and we know we can't afford that. So what are things we can pare down? And so right. it's like outdoor decks. Can I get my deck later? Yeah, you, you yes. can get your yeah, yeah. deck later. Can I get, can I, can I swap out my carpet and put in hardwood later. Yeah, that's really easy. Can I change my kitchen later? Well, yeah, you can change your kitchen. Yeah. But it's really expensive. Mm -hmm. So things like getting your kitchen right, things like do I want a basement or a sunroom yeah. or the uh, or the optional second floor cuz mm -hmm. so many of the plans down here are ranch plans and then you decide you want a little space for guests or for whatever. That stuff costs a fortune or is impossible to add later. So Spend your money on the structural items, the big ticket items, um, and save some of the cosmetic things or some of the outdoor things for later because those things can be added economically. So if you're on a budget, okay, we're going to do the upstairs because we can afford that in the budget. And we really want some gigantic paper patio with a fireplace and a built-in grill and all that. But we're going to wait on that because... Right. We only have the budget, and we can always go back and do that later. But right. we can't go back and stick a room inside the roof of our house. Right, and that's where the ranking comes in, th which is what we say. I really like that I that idea and that tool that we tell people. Just rank. I know we say rank some stuff, which is, right. you know, lack, lack of a better term. But right. once you rank them and you come back later, it'll be easier to decide what you can drop off, what can you afford, and, and do it. Right. Yeah. And we always, you know, tell people go towards the structural options. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, that there's some things that, you know, you can always add a washer and dryer. You don't have to buy that from the builder. You can, um, things like that. So, uh, you know, decks, things like that, that are, that are relatively easy. They're minor surgery on the house, a little bit of a disruption. But again, like, oh, we'll just take your base kitchen cabinets and we'll come out and replace our kitchen cabinets and realize, mm. oh my gosh, well, that's $17,000 to swap out your kitchen. And right. oh, by the way, for, you know, a week and a half, nothing in your kitchen works and mm -hmm. you know then all of a sudden you realize that you know you didn't get the right size to fit your refrigerator and all these other just yeah i mean spend the money on the big stuff if you're on a budget what what did you say about appliances 
I said, some of the appliances are not going to be a good deal. So, like, if say okay. you want to upgrade your fridge. Well, right. the, you know, the builder's giving you a fridge. They're not giving you a fridge. That's the wrong way to say it. The fridge is included in the price. Builders never give you anything. Right. Uh, but let's just say that's included in the price. And it's a couple hundred bucks to go to a slightly nicer fridge or something like that. It makes uh-huh. sense to do that. Because the credit they're going to give you when you say you don't want a fridge isn't going to be worth okay. um, saving that money. But buying a washer and dryer, when you can go and find one on sale at Lowe's, the builder is not going to offer sale pricing. You can save a couple hundred bucks unless you need to put that into your loan. Um, there are, are little things like that mm-hmm. um, that you can, you can kind of save money on. So... Um, that's just something to think about. Yeah. So it, it is have a list. Go in there pretty organized. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, and I think we said this in the last podcast, a lot of people, they really want to play their cards tight to the vest. And what I mean by that is they don't really want to be upfront and honest right. with the no, builder's don't rep. Don't share your secrets. Don't share. Because they feel yeah. like it's that same anxiety that you're walking onto like a car dealership. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, keep in mind that what you're talking about with the builder doesn't exist. Right. You're talking about building a house. Mm-hmm. So you're really going to need their input. You're not just hiring them because you like the floor plan or for whatever reason, you're hiring them for a good chunk of their expertise. And so you want to lean on that expertise. Sure. Also a pretty good chance. And I'm just being really honest here. Whoever you're talking to in that model home or who's on the other end of that phone line, they have zero negotiating power anyway. Meaning, oh, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get this great price on the builder. And You're talking about the salesperson. I'm talking about the salesperson. They're not authorized to do anything with the costs. So uh, ultimately, you're playing your, your cards very close to the vest. And what you're not doing is you're, you're, you're not able to use their expertise. Um, and it's not a negotiation anyway because you're sitting across from the table with someone that has no negotiating ability. Right. They might have incentives, but that's kind of like a little right. But again, the allowance you know, like it still you know. comes down to the cost. Mm-hmm. And so, even when somebody has incentives, it, you have to know as the customer, the builder's not giving you anything. Right. They they're right. not giving you. You're paying for everything. Right. And you're talking to someone that knows. What the builder, what builder can, uh, what they have available. So if th- if you better explain your needs, and the salesperson is going to find a solution for right. you, they want to. Right. <laughs> I mean, and you also, if you're really honest with them, you 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 might be able to find out that you don't have uh, the right builder. Right. But they can't even assess. If we were uh, a customer came to us this spring, house right near the water on pilings. Um. And they were way down the road with a very large local track builder that said they were going to build this house. Right up until, I mean, they were like, okay, let's sign a contract. Let's break ground. They had their construction loan in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were ready to go. And the, and the builder looks at them and goes, yeah, we, we're not going to build that. Oh, man. And so the, the plans come to us and they drop. Wait, but why? Why didn't that build? Because it was a custom home. So how did they get that far? Well, uh, originally they said, yes, 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 yes. We want to do it. We want to do it. We want to do it. And again, I don't know the details, but what I do know is that they came to us and said, we were going to work with this builder. We talked to them for five months while we were, and, and they were having Jeez. their own plans drawn and they were just going to try to hire the builder as a contractor. Uh-huh. And they were talking to this builder for five months. And at the end of that five months, the builder looked at them and said, we're not going to do it. Oh, man. And 
so these plans get dropped in front of me and I start looking at this plan and go and just sort of analyzing the space and getting to know the people a little bit and realize they don't even really like the design. They just never thought through it. Hey, what are you going to do with this kitchen? Oh, I don't know. What, you know, hundreds of square feet of dead space. Um, thinking about the house orientation. Just a lot of things that go into that. that oh, is that the sliding door one? Right? Didn't they have like a sliding door facing the water? Am I just making that? No, they had. Well, yeah, they, they, they do on their plans now. But before that, they had uh, an in-swing French door. Right. And so, okay, okay, so if we yeah. can get a little technical. No, here. this is a good story. A good story is I looked at them and I said, that door is going to leak. Mm-hmm. Right. It's facing the water. And in the spring, you're going to have a nor'easter. It's on the second floor. It's going to blow 50 sideways rain. This is a fact of life. And I said, there is no way that when you blow 50 degree air against that house, For against those windows, years. it's going to leak. It's going to leak every time it rains. And I, he said, well, that's what I want. I said, I won't build it. Because you're going to call me every time it's going to leak, and I already know it's going to leak. I was like, you can put a sliding glass door there, and it won't leak. You can put an outswing door where the doors swing out. And so the difference is Hmm. when it's windy, the wind is a force that pushes against the doors. So if the doors open on the inside, it pushes them against their seals and opens. If you get a door that opens out, when the air pushes against it, forces the seal to be stronger and it actually keeps it from leaking and a sliding glass door uh the force against it just generally doesn't make them leak because of the they're not opening in or out they're opening left to right Mm -hmm. and so what you that's why you'll see what is called a casement window on, on a lot of windows built in high wind areas a casement window is one that cranks out Mm-hmm. Uh, from one side to the other, or an awning window from the top and the bottom. And what happens is the the window pane goes away from the frame when it opens. And so okay. the more you blow against it, the more you push the frame and the mm-hmm. glass against the building, which the better the seal. So those are high wind environment windows right. that are designed for that. Yeah, but that's a good example of just speaking to your builder and saying, this is what I want, this is where I'm right. going to live, these are the conditions. And then the builder right. saying, Hey, maybe think about this. Right. And so, you know, I'm looking at this guy and I was like, well, respectfully, like, I know what you want, but I also, this is what I do. I wake up mm-hmm. six days a week and I think about houses. Yeah. So maybe you ought to just hear me on this. And yeah. so an outswing door wasn't going to make sense because the porches were small. And so he ended up going with a slider, but I had to look at him and say, I won't build that. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, that's what I want. And I'm like, well, okay, then you're going to sign a piece of paper that says there's no warranty on whether that leaks. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll take a slide. Yeah, like, maybe it will. Yeah. Right. I mean, because if the builder's saying don't do that. Yeah. It's another example of right. trust. Another. That's why you hire somebody you trust. Okay. So. Let's get back on track. Sorry. That's okay. No, that was a really good story. I enjoyed that. But we, speaking of warranty, you have to check out the builder's warranty. You absolutely want to look at the builder's warranty. Uh, look at their reviews online and take online reviews with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. because I think America has woken up to the reality of the online review system and know that you know it's if everybody is one star, then okay, that maybe says something. But you yeah. know, if you're no one's going to get five stars all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, you can do that. You can ask the builder for a list of references, but you definitely want to read their warranty book because the warranty book is going to tell you what the builder won't cover, and a lot of times what the construction standards are uh, because your chances are you're not buying a perfect house. 
And you're not only because it's being built by imperfect human beings, mm -hmm. uh, but not only that, but there are certain standards of imperfections that are actually tolerated in construction. Um, that was something that was hard for me to get around when I first was introduced to this industry. Right. I had no idea. And so, you know, people say, oh, well, I put a basement in, there's cracks in my basement. And they're like, yeah, well, we put control joints in there so it would crack there. Yeah. You did what? Well, it's this little piece of metal that goes in the concrete and makes it crack. It's where we want it, how we want it. Yeah, and that is our job to explain these Right, things. but yeah. so do you want control joints? Yeah, you absolutely want control joints. Mm -hmm. And Well, so. another thing with warranty, um, so we mentioned in options, you want to rank things and see what you can add on later. You want to understand your warranty so you know you're not in violation of your warranty if you decide to make changes to your house when you get a little more money or you have a little more time. That's a big thing. Right. And so if you're going to, you should know how long your warranty program. So it's to Terra, we have a systems warranty that's two years after settlement. And so that two years after settlement is something that you want to watch. And if you're going to do major modifications to your house, um, during those two-year period, at least if you build with Statera, then you want to call and mm -hmm. say, hey, we're doing this. Is this going to do anything to the warranty? And you want to reach out to the warranty department, and you want to ask about it, and you want to get a written answer. Um, and it might not be the right answer you like. It might say, yeah. So, for example, right. if you're going to mess with the electrical system, you're going to add outlets or something, which would be something you would do if you say, I'm going to build a sunroom on the back, or I'm going to take mm -hmm. a screened-in porch and close it in. And those are very common things to do after settlement. So if you're doing those things and, and you built with Statera, you'd put a phone call in. And, and what we would tell you in the first two years is you need to use the electrician that wired your house. And if you do that, then they will continue to honor the warranty. But once you start messing with the electric box and it's somebody else, you're going to void your warranty. Right. Um, but you don't have to void your warranty. And if it's after the two years, then you probably don't have to uh, worry about it too much. Right. A lot of times you want to be able to, you know, go back and ask your builder, hey, you know, what, what's going on with these plans? Is this a load-bearing wall? Is this not a load-bearing wall? And questions like that. So, again, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a partnership. And it's a long-term relationship. I think people don't understand is even after you are, are finished the build and you move into the house, the, you're, you're still going to be involved oh, yeah. with your builder if you hired the right builder because there's going to be something they have to come back and fix. I'd like to say our houses are perfect every time, but they're not because I'm not. But I'd like to say that we're honest, and I know mm -hmm. I can say that, and say, hey, if something is not right or something doesn't perform as it's supposed to perform, we're going to come back and keep our promise to you. Yeah. And that's a critical thing. And so, you know, your relationship with a builder can go for years after you move into the house mm -hmm. based upon their warranty. And right. that's an important thing to remember. Right. Okay, so. so do you think we covered build on your lot? I think we've got people hopefully feeling like they have a little information and hopefully feeling a lot more comfortable that, yeah, we can do this. Right. This has always been a dream, and it doesn't... The, the scary amount of decisions and the things I don't know, uh, they don't have to scare right. me away. You know, it's like... Um, my wife and I, we went to Mexico earlier this year, and my wife likes adventurous things, and I like to read books. So vacations for us can be a little interesting in the planning. So we usually, uh, we compromise, which is how we've managed to stay married for 17 years. Mm -hmm. Happily, mind you. Hi, honey. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and 
but one of the things we did was she wanted to go on these this high ropes course. We're in Mexico, and that's like, you know, you zip line and you're hundreds of feet above yeah, death. Rock on, Deneen. Right, and she loves that stuff. And I'm afraid to be like three feet off the ground. <laughs> All right, maybe not three, but like... Two and a Three half. Three and a half. No. <laughs> <laughs> no I, was actually, I was going in the other you direction. Actually. I'm like, I thought I was onto it. Two steps. Anyway, and so, um, but I like to go fishing. She doesn't like to go fishing. So that's how I end up on the high ropes course. But the thing is, like, <laughs> the only thing I'm looking at on this high ropes course is the acceleration rate due to gravity, 9.8 meters per second per second. Which doesn't matter because you're a puddle. Anyway, doesn't matter. You're dead. Right. Well, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> and every time when this nice person is is strapping me into this thing, I'm looking down going, that's not survivable. That's not every time. And so, but you do it because, A, you love the outcome. And as much as I'm afraid of heights, I walk off that thing like a boss. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and I did all the ones like they give you like choice A and choice B and choice A, this is what people that are not total wimps do but if you're a total wimp there's b and so Mm -hmm. every time i'm doing what my wife does because i'm i am not going out like that sure yeah but what i'm ultimately doing i'm trusting that these people that are running us through this course know what they're doing and i'm trusting that at the end of that process i have a sense of accomplishment i have a happy wife Mm. and that is a win-win for me and so this is kind of the same thing if you get involved in this with the right people you're gonna love the process at the end, even if you were terrified at points during the process, because I promise you, <laughs> at least in my case, on the high ropes course mm-hmm. in in Mexico, terror is the proper adjective. I mean, mortified. And, and I kind of wish I was able to watch that. And just the sweat, you know, like so. Oh, it's oh, it's awful. So you were terrified, but you had to act like you were cool. No, that I don't even. That is the best combination. So wait a minute. So you know. <laughs> Jackie, you're going to learn something about life in your 40s. I don't have to act like I'm cool with it. I just have to do it. Okay. I can be openly terrified the whole time. But okay. I'm, I, it's, you know, it's the term as you walk afraid, right? I'm scared. I'm doing it anyway. Same thing, jumping okay. out of the plane. My wife's like, yeah, you're really not going to be able to do that, are you? And I was like, strap me in. <laughs> I'm terrified the whole time. But no one's going to look at me. And that's my fragile male ego. Yeah. So, so trust the builder. And trust the per- what are they called? The people that help trust you the pro- you have to with the zipline. I don't know yeah, the zipline people. Yeah, that's right. fine. But don't if you don't if you don't trust the builder, don't build with them. Yeah, it's going to be a n- disaster. Yeah. So, <laughs> listen. Thanks for joining us. This has been the So You Want to Build a House podcast. I'm Scott Daly. I'm Jackie Kowaleski. Tune into our next episode. Thanks. So You Want to Build a House is brought to you by Statera Homes. Statera Homes is a craft home builder in Southern Delaware. This builder finds value in working with you to build a home that is the perfect fit for your lifestyle. Statera truly sets themselves apart from other builders in the area. To find out more, visit their website, www.staterahomes.com. That's S-T-A-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-E-S.com. 
or call their model home at area code 302-329-8881. That's 302-329-8881. Music from this podcast was by the band Defining Parallel from their recent single, Painted Lives. Thank you for listening to So You Want to Build a House. To stay updated on the most recent episodes, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you found it to begin with, or check out Statera Homes' website, which is, again, www.staterahomes.com. Thank you very much.